Life is a journey, and eventually, all roads come together. You're listening to Breaking Camp, conversations focusing on our passion for the outdoors, everyday life, learning new things, and growing as people. I'm Bryce Ginther. And I'm Aaron Brenneman. And this is Breaking Camp. Welcome, daydreamers, uh, to Breaking Camp. This is Bryce and Aaron, your camp hosts. Camp hosts. That reminds me of the monkeys song that I queued up. Do it. For us, based upon the, your, uh, our, your call for our, our listeners. Yeah, let's hear it. Listen much to the monkeys. Uh, I I used to watch that show a little bit. The monkeys. I just uh, I just know their theme song. Hey hey, we're the monkeys. People last say we tra- last train around. to Clarksville. Mm-mm, nothing. Oh, I didn't buy their album. I was too little. I was yeah. too young. So I was I actually didn't start buying music uh, until well into high school. I just didn't. Hmm. I would get like a tape for Christmas or something. And, you know, you'd ask for something. And then the the one I actually wanted, I, I wouldn't get because my parents wouldn't allow it. Oh, because it's, it's marked with explicit lyrics? Uh, probably. Or it was just foul. You know, it was just this nasty music. You know, I remember. Poison. What's this poison? You want to listen to poison? <laughs> no poison for you. I wanted uh, Twisted Sister, uh, oh. you know. And um, I just, they had some good stuff. So I, I think I was maybe sixth grade, and it was just like hard no was hmm. like the answer I got pretty much. We'll have to check with uh, your son, see if he has any monkeys tapes. He doesn't. I know he doesn't. Because I've been with him almost every tape purchase. Really? He yeah. said he has some Van Halen. Yeah. He's got some Van Halen, some Beatles. Mm. Uh, I think he has Elvis. Um He's got some Elton John. Does he have a pencil though to like wind it when the when the tape gets all I've, straggled out of there? I've taught him about that a bit, but he, you know you can only like talk about it conceptually. Yeah, and it doesn't really sink in until you need it. Yeah, it's like telling your parents, "No, I need to blow into this Nintendo game." <laughs> yeah. The what? That's how it works. Like that, you you that Bryce that doesn't do anything. Yes, it does. <laughs> okay. Yes, it does, Mom. <laughs> Leave me alone. Where's the meatloaf? <laughs> oh man, oh. we actually had we had okay childhoods. We didn't have bad parents, right? It sounds like we have bad parents. Oh, does it? No, yeah, maybe I wasn't implying that in any way. Okay, we listened to the monkeys because my dad was in, in rock and roll bands, so like we were always yeah. kind of listening to that. Sort so of stuff. good, and I like the monkeys. There's a, every now and again I'll hear a monkey song, and I'll be like, oh, I like the monkeys. Then I'll listen to it. It's kind of like Wendy's. You know, you think, I haven't been to Wendy's in a really long time. I'm going to go to Wendy's. And then you're like, oh, now I know why I don't go to Wendy's. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I usually go to Wendy's when my kids say. Because I don't choose it ever. Really? You don't like a square burger? Uh, they're fine. But there are so many better options when it mm. comes to fast food burgers, in my humble opinion. Okay. But I am a professional eater. You are. So. You get paid to eat? Well, I mean, I amateur professional. I guess I'm a I'm, a, I'm an aspiring professional eater. <laughs> oh, dude, yes. Monkeys. I don't. We are off the rails. No, I think How it's many fun minutes though. In? Three minutes in, we're good. <laughs> I'm not a. I I do like to eat, but I do. I have been liking to cook. I really like to cook. I've always yeah. really liked to cook, but I've been watching this um, cooking uh, reality documentary show about uh, 
ships mm-hmm. and there's a lot about cooking oh. in there <laughs> and so i'm i'm doing a big you're i'm a, doing a cooking for a birthday party you're kind of avoiding of this, this show. i got a party of eight this weekend that i'm going to be cooking a uh uh you know a traditional mexican feast for Ooh. I'm looking forward to it party of you wait a party you're going to cook for a party of eight yeah it's a I, birthday party uh it's funny i haven't i haven't uh i'll have to check the mailbox i don't think i've seen my oh invite. yeah covid uh, oh so I didn't sorry, get nothing. just little bubbles. <laughs> I'm not in your bubble, apparently. <laughs> I'll send you some pictures. I'm sorry. It's not. Oh, oh, let me clarify. Don't feel bad. You haven't gotten me a present because it's not my birthday. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> oh, the listeners may recall that we talked about this a little while back. It's mm. the day before Father's Day. Yeah, you're the twentieth. Twentieth, June twentieth. Yeah, all yeah. of that to say, when's your birthday? I probably ought to know this. It's coming up, May twenty fourth. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, and guess whose birthday it is today when we're recording this. This will come out in a week. But well, we are talking birthdays today. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, love yeah. it. Whose birthday? It's Amy's birthday. Amy. Yeah. So she's 25. 25? Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> That'd be fun. You guys doing anything fun? 25. Everybody's like, he married a young <laughs> movie. No. I'm just joking. I can't say how old she is. She's she not 25, like I, but she's not 75. If she was here, I would give her the choice. Mm. But um, you, she's. Uh, I will work, say this. Guys can do? I will say this. She looks much younger than her age. Oh, good. Not, I can't claim the same thing. <laughs> it's the gray beard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, what are we going to do? Probably tonight, nothing. Um, we'll have some dinner. But it's hard weekdays, you know, it's just, there's just not that much. But tomorrow, we're hoping to... to goats? No, goats are middle, right before my birthday. Goats okay. Come. Yeah. Uh, but we're hoping to maybe get out on the water a bit. Um, which oh, she's got great. a new paddleboard, right? She does, yeah. Has she been on it? No. Oh. Well, no. I I can't remember. I think she took it once. Okay. <clears throat> um, we bought it last summer at the end of summer. I think she took it once. Um, but um, she's been itching to get out. And I I got myself a new-to-me kayak this week. Oh, Traded. you got a new toy. Dude, so I... You guys both want to get on the water, so we do, be good. real bad. The, it's supposed to be really nice. Mm-hmm. The weather's good. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of our news. It's like I'm super excited to try out my new kayak, and um, I was able to trade my old one away to the, in the same deal. It worked out great. Nice. Um, he's happy. I'm happy. Um, and and so, yeah, so we're, we might do that for kind of So a did you get – I sent you over an, maybe an accessory that you can get for your new kayak. You Have did. you ordered that lately yet? Have you ordered it yet? <laughs> that was the sale. That. The inf- the flip up portable sail. Oh looks yeah, like a sun, a, <laughs> looks like me. a screen visor for your car. You know, I and think it folds out, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> your message said, "I care." Like good idea or ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah. I'm like, I lean toward ridiculous because it seemed like it. It wasn't a high speed activity. It wasn't like you flipped the sail up and now all of a sudden you got a power ki- a motored kayak. Mm. You just don't have to paddle. I just am like, how is this ever going to work? You're like, you have this thing that's shaped like a round sail. looks like a parachute a little bit. It's just shallow. But it's it's almost kind of pyramid shaped (laughs) in that it has a hole in the back, you know, probably with a a smaller hole to catch air and sail you. (laughs) I'm going to look into that. We should reach out. We we could do a test episode, like live from the shop. 
where we try these products. So we got the Biffy bags mm-hmm. coming, soon. coming, and Some then we someday. also <laughs> maybe, <laughs> and then maybe we could get one of these sales. Uh-huh try it out or we could just get like maybe we improvise like Uh make it work marty Uh we just put like some garbage bags on an old flagpole (laughs) i love it lots of duct tape why not you know that'd be fun we'll just try it try try things out i'll try that i did use we (laughs) did uh i don't know what the term for the thing is but when you're when you're anchored and you're salmon fishing, you have the thing that goes out of the back of your boat to keep you stable. In oh, the yeah. Current, right? Uh, it's a water anchor. Water anchor sort uh-huh. of thing. Well, we, the buddy I went with one time, he forgot his. Uh-huh. Or I mean, sea anchor, I think. Sea anchor. Think that's what, what it is. Called. We ended anchor. up using my portable cooler. Like a, it was <laughs> a, a collapse, collapsible cooler. Yeah. You know, that like yeah. has the metal rings in it and you unzip sure. it and it gets, becomes a little taller and it's yeah. a cooler. And, uh, just hung that off the back of the boat. We're great. That is hilarious. So you got to be able to improvise. Yeah. So maybe a garbage garbage bag sale. Yeah. So maybe we'll try that. When you but get tired of of paddling. Paddling. Paddling take a lot of work, especially mm-hmm. early in, early in the year. You paddle, paddle, paddle. Next day you're like, why am I? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I find is that always happens when the wind is blowing the opposite direction of where you want to go. Mm. So that sail wouldn't work at all. That's Unless true. you know how to tack and go in a zigzag and get your way up, up yeah. river, upstream, whatever. I'm uh, always yeah. considering that when I'm on the water. I'm not, I'm never not paying attention to the wind and the direction I have to get back. Yeah. Because I don't want the the, the end of my activity to yeah. be that miserable. Well, fortunately for me, uh, this new kayak came with a trolling motor. <laughs> Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> so, electric. Yeah, wow. yeah. He has a battery and electric trolling motor that was came with the deal and the whole bit. Looks like a nice kayak. It it's pretty cool. Heavy. It is heavy. It's. A, I got to figure out a way to get it on top of my rig. I'm not sure. I got some ideas, um, but we'll see. We're gonna try some stuff. You out. could go to like United Rentals and rent one of those things. A crane. <laughs> Yeah. Just tow behind it, tow it behind your truck. Yeah, and then when yeah. you get there, just yeah, heck over. with a trailer for my actual boat. But like, I'll just bring a crane with me. Oh, yeah, so, I guess you could do that. So I could put it. <laughs> so hmm. well, yeah, that'll be fun. So that's, that's kind of my week so far. That's kind of uh, yeah something you guys will do for her birthday. Get yeah. out, go to a lake, have yeah. a picnic. Yeah, maybe some so. cheeses. Some I think it's a little uh, ambitious for her to want to be on a paddleboard uh, in April. Um, oh, it's going to be like 75. <laughs> well, but the water won't be. <laughs> oh, true. You know, and she's like, well, I don't plan on falling in. And I'm thinking, nobody ever does, yeah. unless it's hot, you know. So we'll see. I don't know. Hmm. I well, mean, I'll be, be in a, I'll be in a kayak, so, yeah. you know, okay, I can rescue her. That'll be good. We'll take some pictures. I look forward to uh, okay. seeing that. Well, hey, I brought uh, something to snack on. Okay, we got some snack. Now for our ASMR listener fans, this isn't a crunchy snack. Awesome. This is a chewy snack. So you can see it. Maybe describe what you got there. Okay, so we have what appears to be dehydrated pineapple, um, mandarin oranges, Mm -hmm. and the... uh, is it just mandarin oranges or They're, regular? I think these are all mandarin oranges, but we were on a mm-hmm. trip recently. Love mm-hmm. some good dried fruit, right? Oh, yeah. You know? But yeah. the problem with so much of it is everything has sugar, so we can't buy a lot of it regularly. Right. Um, 
Gore doesn't eat sugar. So we were at the coast, and we came across this. Mm. There's a company called, I think it's called Rind. And it was really cool because everything that they did, like their kiwi and their oranges, has the rind on it. You just eat the rind. Oh, that's awesome. So I did it with some oranges. Turned out really well. I have a dehydrator. So you I, did this. You didn't buy these. I made these ones. I have a dehydrator that I don't use a lot. Yeah. I use it for jerky and some fruits occasionally do apples and stuff like that apple when mm-hmm. it's in season you yeah. know when there's an abundance of fruit i'll just make whatever i can yeah and so i was like oh i can make those so these i like these oranges because they have the the mm-hmm. rind right on them and you eat the rind and that's and where a lot of the nutrients are anyway they look like sun catchers yeah you know you hold them up in the light it's really pretty all right i gave let's, some to a friend and he's like i didn't know what to do with them because i didn't give them to him i gave them to his wife and i told his wife i'm like Tell him he can eat these because I knew he wasn't going to know what to do with them. Like, He's like, do I put essential oils on these? What are do I these do? for birds? Like, what? these decoration? Are they coasters? You know? Thanks but for the Christmas just... ornaments. Exactly. A lot of people will do these and then mm-hmm. put oils and scents on them and stuff like that and make ornaments or whatever. Let's see if it sounds but like. I like the flavor of the rind. Eating the rind is good, and that's where a lot of those nutrients yeah. are. That's where all the vitamins are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just got one of those little Presto dehydrators that I've had. Yeah. You use it for a bunch of stuff. Oh, that's so really good. Threw those on there. It has the rind in it. Good trail snacks, right? Yeah. I thought we were Put making some old fashions. Yeah, it does kind of look like that. Because I've had an old-fashioned garnished with dehydrated, candied mandarin oh. oranges, and I'm telling you what. Candied means sugar? Mm-hmm. They should, but you could do it without, and it would yeah. be just as good. Yeah, I like the flavor of the rind. They did kiwi, oranges, and pineapple. Yeah. So I did pineapple, mandarin oranges. Then I did it, tried it in a couple different ways. So I got the slice with the rind, but I also did just the individual wedges. The wedges turned out pretty good. I would have dehydrated them a little bit more. They're still a little bit moist on the inside. Oh, yeah, yeah. But good trail candy, good snack. Ooh, mine juiced a little bit like those gushers fruit snacks. You gotta be careful like the tomatoes do when you bite into a tomato. (laughs) And they squirt across the table Mm -hmm. and hit your company Mm -hmm. in the face. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That may or may not have happened. Pineapple, because you only got two there. Whatever. Oh, thank you. I'm just devouring these. Apparently, I'm hungry. You're destroying it. So they're good. Oh, so yummy. Well done. Especially as we come into the season where there's an abundance of cheap produce and fruit everywhere locally that we can find grab some of this stuff toss in the dehydrator let it go overnight and you got trail snacks i'm gonna have to i don't have a dehydrator I don't, mm. I don't have a fancy one i mean i have the basic presto amazon model sure. that i've used for yeah five six seven years something i don't like know that. is there a fancy one i mean does really it just move ones. really yeah they have ones that are like square ones i think my mom has one it's like a bigger square one with trays oh and then you can get like fancy dehydrate food dehydrators I didn't know squares stuff. were fancy. But if you run a you run an, a dehydrator long enough, it does the same thing. It basically yeah. takes all the moisture out. You can also just do this in your oven. Yeah. The problem with that is it runs your oven, and your oven's hot in the Isaac was, was looking the other day at f- uh, food freeze dryers. Mm, those he are wa- not cheap. He wants one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're great. We have a friend that does like um, all sorts of stuff. So she makes smoothies and then freeze it deep. Freeze-dried. Freeze dried. Yeah. yeah, I lost the word. <laughs> freeze dries them. Mm-hmm. And then you have like ice cube shapes, sort of like you yeah. bite in your mouth and it's like a... Smoothie? Smoothie. Where she does ice cream sandwiches in chunks. Oh, freeze yeah. dries those. Those oh, are yeah. so good. Well, it's like the astronaut food. You used to get like the freeze-dried mm-hmm. ice cream. Yeah, she did all of her food for a John Muir Trail trip she did, the whole oh. John Muir Trail. That's cool. So this is what we got, a little bit of a... Just some inspiration, you know, mm-hmm. take what you got, dry it out. I also saw that you can make jerky by getting thick sliced deli meat, 
and then putting it in your dehydrator. I was just going to ask if you could do this with fish. Freeze-dried, or not freeze-dried, but dehydrated. Dehydrated, like fish Wouldn't jerky. Wouldn't it make jerky? Yeah. Like almost smoking it, but not? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could just... Just removes all the moisture quicker, and so it's more of like a jerky-like. Huh. But I do like salmon jerky. Yeah, we should, maybe this summer we'll have to try that. We'll have to catch some salmon first. Or trout. We'll have to keep that. Let's catch salmonoids, just in trout form. Okay. okay. <laughs> or salmonids. Salmonids. That's uh, it. Huh, that's Back cool. to trail snack. Thank I'll you. stop eating. Oh, uh, so camp snacks. Make uh, your own camp snacks. Yeah, I'm because gonna be one, on these for a bit. you know, the nice thing about having your own camp snack is that you have less garbage, less trash. Sure. Like you can make something and put it in like a reusable mm-hmm. container. Mm-hmm. Which of these th- three things is your favorite when you're out? Not talking about food. Now we're transitioning to the topic for mm. today. Gotcha. We're on on topic. We're gonna be talking about leave no trace philosophy we're going to be talking about recreating responsibly mm-hmm. right so these three things is it picking nails and beer cans out of a fire pit when you show up to camp okay that's one of them is it um showing up at a trailhead and seeing by the sign where everybody has set their bags of dog poop mm. is it Camping next to someone making a whole bunch of noise. Which Would, of those is your favorite? My favorite? That's a tough one. That's a toughie, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, that's I feel why, like you're giving me three terrible options. They're all terrible. <laughs> so that's so basically what we're talking about today is leave no trace. We're going to go through these seven principles, mm-hmm. just kind of conceptually a little bit. Aren't those good? Oh, man. The, rind, the rind has such a good flavor it to it. It makes it. Yeah. Oh. So you start thinking all the time, man, I've wasted so much good stuff by throwing away the rind. It doesn't taste the same if you eat it without it being dehydrated. That's true. I do like that little tool that just kind of scrapes off a little bit of the rind and like makes it swirly. You know that thing? Yeah, zester. Zester, put in the drink. Yeah. That's good. We're going to talk about uh, Leave No Trace, the Mm -hmm. seven principles. Um, But I wanted to just talk a little bit about where the history of Leave No Trace came from. So like today, Mm -hmm. you say Leave No Trace. Some people kind of understand that. Or you understand, like, I'm not going to just throw my trash everywhere. But there's like this set of ways to operate in the outdoors. And all of them Mm -hmm. are so that we have, we minimize our impacts in the outdoors. So some of that might be for, you know, to maintain the pristine beauty of an area. Some of it is going to, a lot of it is around just like, don't be a jerk. Right. Right. Just don't be an a hole who's out there thinking, this is public. I can do whatever I want. And, Mm -hmm. but like what we do uh, affects the experience of others. Like, so that's some of the beer cans in a, beer cans in a fire pit or poop bags everywhere for a dog. Being aware that you impact others. Who does? I do whatever I want. It's America. Exactly. America, there ain't no law here. There's no law that says I got to put this shopping cart back in the shopping cart area. No. <laughs> I just park a couple of these wheels up on the bark dust, peel it out of here. But some All people. And we left the forest <laughs> oh, and we went to forest. Target. <laughs> but like the same principle applies, right? Yeah. Like there's no rule that says you got to put the cart back, I, but like it's just kind of the right thing to do. I will say, I think I've. I've done that one, that move, a handful of times in my life. Every time I feel super guilty. Yeah. Super guilty. 
Nobody likes pulling up next to the spot to be like, oh, I'm going to pull in here. Oh, no, there's a shopping cart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I never have had a good excuse for that one. I'm, I'm almost... I'm almost too conscious of it now Yeah, where if there's no obvious um, cart like place to put them in the parking lot, I'll just take it back to the front. Yeah. Cause again, it's like, dude, if, if it's not parked at least on the curb, the thing's going to hit some car. It's going to roll in and ding something. Yeah. There's a couple of good excuses I can think of. Right. Like maybe your wife is going into labor. Maybe you have a whole (laughs) bunch of kids that are, uh, Screaming and yelling and fighting and throwing stuff and Cheerios everywhere. Yes, that right? one. Kids in the car. Maybe you really gotta. You feel like you're gonna poop your bathroom pants. emergency, <laughs> and you're without a biffy so, bag. Without a biffy bag. So those would be the three acceptable times <laughs> yeah. to do that. So leave no trace. It's it's an art. It's not a science. I I admit I don't do all of these things all of the time, but I kind of try and be aware. The more I've learned, mm-hmm. the more Cora and I have talked about some of the stuff. The more I try to. Yeah. Um, but it started back in like in the eighties. Okay. The Forest Service and National Parks and BLM came together and created one of those little brochures that was like leave no trace land ethics. Yeah. And so then Knowles, which is the National Outdoor Leadership, uh kind of got enlisted to create some curriculum. And then in the, the mid nineties, the Leave No Trace Center for Outdoor Ethics was spun off into its not its own nonprofit. Okay. And so what it tries to do is just provide education to different organizations. Um to businesses, to individuals, to people, so that we can best, all best steward our land, right? right. You know, right. we can all do our part, because especially as more and more people are going out there, we're starting to see yeah. everything's trashed, right? Yeah. You notice that? Yep. I mean, you might not notice that at your your places. Well, I mean, it's everywhere. It, that's the thing is, um, like you were saying, from the grocery store parking lot, to uh the mountain trails you know it it doesn't it just doesn't matter where you go uh and i'm not um i agree i i don't strictly follow leave no trace you know um i almost said theology Theology. (laughs) philosophy Uh but i do i mean i i i feel like over time um i have you know kind of evolved as a person as far as like i i try to be better than i was right and so uh, when I learn about these kinds of things, I try to see, okay, how can I, uh, put this into practice? Whereas before, maybe I wasn't aware. Yeah. You're and just it's not, not there's a difference in doing just, something, yeah. uh, because you're not aware. Right. Um, and making like a conscious decision to yeah. do a thing away. So yeah. the reason why I leave no trace started was for, you know, cause natural areas are trash, polluted waterways, right? You got a lot of trash yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, Misinformation in the outdoors, you yeah. know, doing some things like preparing well can help you avoid your impact out there, right? Um, so an example so, might be an example might be you're in a nice pristine area, mm-hmm. and uh, do you camp and make a big roaring bonfire and make a campfire and cook your food that way, or have it for ambience, mm-hmm. or do you just cook your food over a stove, minimize your impact, you don't mm-hmm. create a campground, stuff like that, put wildlife at risk, yeah. So, so that's the what is it and why does it matter? So, how do we do it? How do we do it? So, let me let me just run through and ask you what uh, if you can kind of base. A lot of these are intuitive, right? Um, sure. Let's see if you know what they are. So, plan ahead and prepare. What do you think that might mean? And what what could that? How could that tie in with some of the ways that we might minimize our impacts out in the outdoors? 
planning ahead and preparing. I mean, isn't that yeah. sort of self-explanatory? But I mean, uh, so I mean, I probably should have planned ahead for this episode. <laughs> and maybe like looked at a brochure yeah. or the website or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, like, okay, so you got to know where you're going. And so yeah. like, um, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to cook my food? Am I going to bring my own mm. kind of kitchen source or am I planning on making a campfire? Yeah. Well, I love kicking over a campfire, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, w- but some it, areas might not, you might not be able to have a campfire. Exactly. A lot of the times in certain peak seasons, we can't have campfires. So if you're just yep. unaware and you're thinking, right. I'm going to have a campfire, cook my weenies. Mm-hmm. Right, you mm-hmm. might have a problem if you don't have a plan. Eating cold, cold hoinies and beans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, all, not a ton of places don't allow pets, but some have. Lot most have mm-hmm. restrictions on how do you bring a pet somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, and that's another one. Definitely, it's like <clears throat> you might think I I want to take my pet, which is great, mm-hmm. but also we got to realize that the fact of the matter is our pets can disturb wildlife. They can disturb right. uh, plants. Uh, flora and fauna is that what those two things are uh, they those are two things yeah those are two, <laughs> I, think, I think one of them's like plants and one of them's something else i don't know flora so, seems like flowers and fauna seems like f- ferns ferns <laughs> okay <laughs> the green the green stuff but yeah having a having a dog or something that's just running around over the flowers that, that ain't cool yeah. well and the, a lot of times you'll see on trails like stay on the trails mm-hmm. well dogs don't do that right mm. dogs go everywhere but that yeah, one because I, you want to avoid the creation of a whole bunch of different social trails. Like the trail's the trail. Right. The rest of the stuff should just be natural. Right. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I mean, that's just one of those things. I want to know. Uh, I mean, planning and preparation would be, you know, how much of an impact am I going to have, like, just being comfortable. So obviously mm-hmm. I, want to, I want to be prepared with my gear. Uh, so, for example, I'm just trying to play this all the way out. If I wasn't prepared and I had to cut down some... Tr- small trees and make like a little shelter because I was too, you know, too cold or whatever. But I mean, yeah. that's kind of an extreme example. But, but that's a good example. Like group size might be an example of that. Yeah. Right. And so if you go with a group size of like, you know, I think they'd limit heartbeats in a lot of areas to 12, 12 people, right? 12, mm. 12 heartbeats. So it's going to be people, livestock, horses, dogs, whatever. So you huh. group size can be mm-hmm. limited. Good to know if you're going with a larger group. Yeah. Also, it kind of impacts the the size of the impact of the area where you're going to be camping, mm-hmm. right? If you it so it can be good to break up. Like even if you maybe you're camping with eight people, yeah. Maybe four of you go over here, four of you go over there. Lessen the impact of the people. Campfires, footprints from tents, all that sort of stuff. You might think about sleeping together in tents so that you have two tents instead of five tents for a group size. Yeah. Right? I got another plan ahead. One. Oh, good. Bathroom. Bathroom. Chicago potty. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. That's okay. a good one. How are you gonna? Yeah. How are you gonna go to the bathroom? Yeah. Where are you gonna go to the bathroom? Eesh. Gotta I go. Mean, I, I gotta go. <laughs> really have enjoyed recently going to some places that have toilets mm-hmm. because it's just one less thing to worry about. <laughs> you know, I don't have to find my trowel. I don't gotta yeah. find a sapling to grab onto. But we'll get to that. So that's principle number one. Just plan ahead. Do some research, right? Like know what the weather's going to be, the gear you're going to take. A lot of this just makes sense. Obviously. Um, what permits you might need, what passes. areas you can and can't. <sighs> yeah, passes. How do I? Permits. Well, I, I, yeah, just where can I buy a Did pass? I talk about the new pass that I got? I may have on the air. I don't know whether I talked about it here or there know. with you. or. Who I'm else. sure they're riveted. I got some what passes for the, uh, for the bridges to go over into you Washington. Did you told me that. I talked about that. Uh, the breeze by. <laughs> 
So you just wave. You don't have to have your two dollars, and it only costs you a dollar each time. <laughs> so we're looking to explore to expand yeah. the areas we go to as yeah. some of these core air recreation area cores like mm-hmm. the Mountain National Forest are just have more and more people. We're yeah. looking to get farther and farther away yeah. and just uh, be a little bit creative so we can find some other areas. So yeah. principle number two, okay. travel and camp on durable surfaces. Okay. What so stay on the trail. Be? Oh, right? yeah. That's good. Stay on the trail. We covered that. Yeah. Um, camp on durable surfaces. Yeah. So maybe if you get two options of spots to camp, let's say there's like a, a sandy uh-huh. area here. Sure. Or there's like a flowery meadow over here. Well, the moss and the flowers, that's more comfy. It's softer. Yeah. You're also having more of an impact. Very much so. You know, you're affecting the the impact when the next group shows up is going to be like, oh, these, there were some flowers. Now yeah. they're all dead. You know, but like here's an area over here that's kind of sandy is going to minimize the impact. Well, not only that, but I think when you do that, people show up after you and they go, oh, this is where you put your tent. See, there's a yeah. there's a dead spot in the in the ferns and right stuff. Right here. Here's right the here. Spot. Well, there is a saying that the best campsite, the best camp spots are found, not made. So, like, minimize your impact by camping on a durable surface that's already been developed. Yeah. Right? Don't make your own. Don't create new fire pits, stuff like that. Travel on trails. You talked about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's pretty much where my mind goes, those two things. Surface durability, right? Snow, you know. A lot of times what you'll see happen, especially if you're hiking in wetter seasons or when you have runoff, is you'll get some puddles and people will kind of create a side trail. And then you just get, trail gets bigger and bigger Uh, and wider and wider. Instead of walking through the mud. You're supposed to just walk right through the mud. Mm. You know? Gotcha. So. But my shoes will get wet. Well, that's where you get to camp and take a nap and let them dry out. So. Okay. All right. So we got that, you know, number three. This is where we talk about the poo. Dispose of waste properly? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So what would you think, how would you end this uh, phrase? Okay. Pack it in. So that you, oh, supposed to pack it out. There you go. (laughs) So really, like anything that's going into the wilderness or these remote areas or natural areas is supposed to come out with us. Yeah. Do you think that would include like bags of dog poop? Or are those okay to leave on the side of the trail? It depends on who you ask. (laughs) I would say, yeah, the poop has to come with you. So the bags of dog poop, I think poop is the hardest thing for people to wrap their brains around, myself included, with Leave No Trace. What do you mean I have to carry my poop with me? What, yeah. what do you mean? Like that is, you, that you is expect the question. Yeah. me to do this. For the dogs? Anything. Me, Not your dog. own poop. You don't have to carry your own poop. The dog's supposed to carry my poop? <laughs> the dog. You get a dog <laughs> to carry your poop. That's what those carts are for. The little dogs can go behind. Yeah. Anyway. So human waste. Um. In most, according to Leave No Trace, in okay. most locations, burying human feces is the correct manner. In the correct manner is the most effective method to meet the criteria. Burying so your poo. Burying your poop. Dig okay. a six to eight inch cat hole, a remote area, 200 feet from trails, 200 feet from campsites, 200 feet from streams or lakes, mm-hmm. right? Bury your poop. Now, um, I, I've had some pretty large camp meals where a cat hole just won't do. I, I do you bear, need to bear be- hole. Bear hole, okay. Yeah. Cat hole, D- dog hole. Oh, at least. St. <laughs> Bernard hole. 
Yeah. So That's... find a spot at least 200 feet, dig a cat hole, and then you're supposed to pack out your used toilet paper. You know, you just get a, you have a bag of toilet paper that's fresh and you have a bag of toilet paper that's used. You know, I'm not always, I have not always adhered to this one. I do understand yeah. that. But like, as you and I were talking about, there's a difference between <clears throat> a little bit of biodegradable paper mm-hmm. in a far off dispersed cat hole that's buried and looks like nothing ever happened there mm-hmm. yeah. compared with walking 10 feet from your campsite, mm-hmm. going behind a tree and seeing the Pacific Northwest paper, toilet paper tree. Ugh. That's just oh, toilet paper everywhere. Those are the worst. That one is disgusting that one's to me. horrible. Now, the paper, the toilet paper thing to me was a big deal until I went to Ecuador. And I was on a mission trip there. And uh, the plumbing just is not what it is mm. here in mm-hmm. some of the places that we visit. Now, in the hotels and stuff we stayed in, they said it was still okay. But even in hotels, they would have garbage cans next to the toilets. Hmm. Uh, yeah. It's very, very common that people do not flush their toilet paper because plumbing doesn't handle it. And so that took a pretty big adjustment. But once you make it, it's like, oh, it's really not as bad as you think it is. Yeah. it. Re- I can guarantee you it's not. As long as you get a system for your fold, <laughs> you know, and keep it, it off It forces a system. It yeah. does. It's some forethought. But at the same time, that prince, you could bring this into the outdoors pretty easily. So, yeah, for yeah. sure. So, just, I mean, everyone's approach is going to kind of be their own. And it's just an awareness of like, mm-hmm. how can I do this to be biodegradable, decompose, and not affect the experience of others? Because we've all had those experiences where you walk or go behind a tree and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, this is gross. So gross. Because you're, and I've, I've been in that situation where you've got to go. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're going to go dig your cat hole. You're going to go do your stuff. And all you do when you're looking for your like secret spot to go is all these places where people have gone, which makes Mm. it worse. Like, uh, okay, what this is disgusting. (laughs) It's gross. Yeah, it is. So, you know, and then then thinking about like where you urinate away from water sources. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that can flow downstream and. Mm -hmm. You know, there some people make the argument like, well, why don't why does it matter if I pee in this lake? Look at all those kids out there playing on their little floaties. They're not peeing. Well, that's that's not the point. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So other sorts of stuff, pack it out where you can all your trash. You know, that's why I was talking about with the, the making your own dehydrated snacks are great because you can put them in a reusable thing. Yeah. Pack totally. it and go. You don't have any trash. So uh, unpacking your food before you go to kind of minimize the plastic and the trash that we're taking out there makes less stuff I got to carry back out when I go. Well, that to me is just, it is, it's more convenient for you because if you're going to try and follow these, a little work on the front end makes it so much easier on the back end, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. So that also kind of talks about, uh, you know, your wastewater, just being cognizant and aware of what we're putting into water sources, our washing dishes, uh, are we... Are we um, straining out food debris, putting that in with our trash, or just throwing that into the creek? So what is the... Okay, let's say you're at camp. You're not near water, but you're at camp, and mm-hmm. you're you're doing some dishes, or you're... You know, you've got that little bit of, we'll call it gray water, just yeah. from dishes or whatever. What do you do with that? You're supposed to strain that and then put it into your food, your trash. Your digging. water goes in the trash, or the no, strain? You can strain the water. The water okay. can go, but okay. strain out any food particles. Gotcha. Yeah. Because And then you want to scatter it broadly. You don't want to just have, like, this is our dump. This is a spot where we dump all of our kitchen stuff. So uh-huh. Because that's going to attract animals, right? There's food. Right, right. And then when you start attracting animals, you have animal-human interactions, 
which are just the natural doings of the way the animal is, but that yeah. oftentimes they can become dependent upon that. Then mm-hmm. you have a situation that occurs, and it's not the animal's fault. Yeah. They've been kind of trained over time that these are where food sources are. Right. And then you've got to do something about the animal. That's that, yeah. Nobody wants that. That's not their fault, yeah. Same thing with, like, soaps and lotions, right? Mm-hmm. You probably shouldn't be washing my pants that got dirty with regular with soap in the lake. In the lake, right. Right. You know what I always think of is, am I supposed to spit my toothpaste, you know, in <clears throat> on the ground or in the fire pit or where? You know what I mean? That's a good question. I have done all of these. Right? Yeah, because I, I don't know like, what you're supposed to do. I think you, so long as it that stuff is dispersed yeah. and maybe rinsed somehow, you're probably okay. But again, no expert. <laughs> I, I, there's been two times I was going to go to uh, Montana, Wyoming, I think Wyoming, mm-hmm. to do a Leave No Trace trainer class so we could start offering these at one of the schools. Yeah. And then COVID. So yeah. I haven't been able to go. Hopefully you can get there. But it, it's like a backpacking trip that you go on. And yeah. you go seven days and you learn about all this stuff and do presentations so that then I can come back and teach it to others. So I kind of cool. know about it a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm no expert. I don't know. Leave what you find. Number four. Principle number four. S- but the hermit crab is cute. And I want to take you it home. You want to take it home and put it in your aquarium. Have a pet. First of all, it'll probably die before you get home. You follow you follow this often with fish. Mm-hmm. I Catch, think there's a similar principle at play here. Catch and this release. Specifically talking about that, right? Like, yeah. Leave the leave the flower. Uh-huh. Leave the so snail. You know, whatever, so that others can experience those things as well. Just like with the fish. Catch and release is certainly. Uh, I won't. It's not exactly controversial, but there are some. Uh, there's some controversy around whether it actually is as effective as people who practice catch and release think uh, it is. No, but I thought the whole point was you just put them back in so that they can eat more so you can catch them again and they're bigger. Right. But what I'm saying is a lot of fish that are caught actually die. Yeah. Through Mostly through mishandling. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you'll fight a fish to where it's just too exhausted and it's going to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just like, hey, that's human impact on the on the world. But... A lot of times when you catch a fish, if you revive it, you spend it, keep it in the water the whole time. You know, that's why you get nets that are big enough to stay in the water and you can maybe handle the fish for a quick picture. They mm-hmm. say 10 seconds is all they can do. Now, I also heard recently, hold your breath while the fish is out of the water. Mm. Because if you're running out of breath, the fish is as well. Okay. And so it's that's kind good. of a cool reminder. You always want to keep your hands wet, mm-hmm. really. And, and you just try not to touch them a bunch. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but that's just fish specifically. But yeah, I don't take a lot with me. Every once in a while, I'll keep one, but I don't eat them a lot, so there's no need to. So we're avoiding damaging live trees and plants, right? We might see yeah. a field of flowers and say, "Oh, that's so pretty. I want to pick some and put them on my picnic table." Yeah. Well, like the principle is, let's leave those for everyone to enjoy, not just take them for myself to enjoy. So that one I would almost slightly push back on. Like, how does foraging come into that? Because you're allowed to forage. I think foraging for specific items like that, like when we're talking about that, foraging is different. Okay. Then, then like, then I'm a just purposeless gonna... selfishness, I want to enjoy this, or I want to do, treat this. Like, another thing might be <clears throat> trees, right? Yeah. Like, putting a bunch of nails in trees so I can hang stuff when mm-hmm. I'm camping. Or... Putting Johnny Loves Susie in a tree, right? That one Stuff I like actually that. much more identify. I can get on board with that one a lot. Yeah, leave natural objects and cultural artifacts. You know, there's a lot of 
people out there that go and see like hieroglyphs, you know, is not yeah. what they're called. Uh, petroglyphs. Petroglyphs. Hier- yeah, whatever. The all the native writings <clears throat> and stuff. And yeah. People will do things and graffiti and so like we have to be very explicit in this culture of what we don't want people to do and create all of these rules just because people don't tend to be overly thoughtful about the ways that we engage with stuff. Yeah. I don't think we think about our impact quite as much as we should. Yeah. Remember there was that one down the coast. There was that awesome like balancing sand rock thing that had been eroded and eroded and everybody took pictures and it was kind of behind like a fence. Some jerk kids went out and pushed it over a few years ago and it was like a huge deal. I miss that. Yeah. So every now and again, you'll see like National Park Service is looking for this person or this person because there's selfies of them doing this or that. Oh, yeah. Just like going out there and trying to do something to get a picture for the gram Mm -hmm. or just because you're jerk punk kid, which we all have been. We've all done that stuff. Not saying I haven't. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But just leaving things um, out there so that others can enjoy them and so that we're minimizing our impact, not taking things, right? Like there's a thing on, you know, uh, you come across some artifact of some sort. You don't know what it is. Like appreciate it there in its natural environment. Mm -hmm. Take a mental picture or picture. You know, you don't have to take stuff home. Yeah, right. Minimize campfire impacts. Okay. Do you love that one? That one seems ruly. You're like, I'm trying to have fun here with my fire. Don't be so ruly. So it's just thinking about like cooking with fire versus stove for where I am and what's appropriate for the environment I'm in. Right. And that's going to encapsulate all sorts of things like wildfire risk. It's going to look at the impact that I'm having. You know, should you make a fire? Do you need to have a fire? Mm -hmm. Um, Do we need to make a huge fire? When I leave this campsite, does it yes. look like somebody had a bond party here and there's a mm-hmm. bunch of beer cans in it? Um, or is it a small controlled fire that we use for ambiance and warming mm. with little impact to like, do I take my hatchet and go over there and be like, I'm going to chop down this tree. And then all of a sudden you yeah. got a campsite with a bunch of stump trees yeah. because everybody's burned stuff, but then they realize it's green and it doesn't burn and it's just scattered about. Well, and that one I don't like when you come onto it. And most, I will say the overwhelming number of campsites that have fire rings or mm-hmm. established you know campfire areas is where you find exactly what you're talking about you know nails from wood that pe- people brought like wood with nails in it or yeah. beer cans or all kinds of things that just shouldn't be burned whatever just some some plastic you know some yeah. whatever some trash it's, it burns <clears throat> well, well they just really. don't burn it completely right it doesn't yeah. burn up and so it's just it, it might be underneath a log but in down in there it's still yeah there. so you really sh- i mean that takes a little bit of thinking ahead and planning your fire and yeah. kind of getting it to the point of that it burns all down and what you put in there is burnable so yeah. using existing fire rings is one um building fires in a mound so up on top of something some oh. debris as opposed mm-hmm. to like Instead building a fire a ring yeah because then you can scatter that about mm-hmm. um hmm. you can use fire pans um yeah. and then like okay here's a question should you or should you not pee on your fire a <laughs> new no <laughs> no because think about it from your perspective right like you show up and somebody was there the day before you don't want to come up oh, build gross. your fire stir it cook your weenies on a fire somebody's just peed in right with their weenies but they're like well no i need to put this fire as wood we'll plan ahead yeah a little bit <laughs> um that's other than just being a boy and like the funny of funniness of that that just does not occur to me yeah <laughs> uh, no 
So firewood can be a transporter of uh, invasive insect, insects as well. Yeah, we've right? recently been talking about this so a little bit more. You know, you're encouraged to use small pieces of wood that don't have any impact that are debris wood as opposed to collecting from things that are mm. part of the environment you're in and not and, and buying wood locally when yeah. possible, you know. so. Right. Well, some areas are like saying any wood that's down, I think it's kind of a blanket statement. Any wood down on the ground you can use for firewood, right? Yeah. Uh, but falling trees, obviously, is kind of off yeah. the table. you got to have permits for Yeah, that. wood on the ground is going to tend to be a little wet, but like dead wood that has fallen that's branched or leaning on something else is great. That's what I mean, once it's, yeah. been, once it's fallen over, yeah. And then just thoroughly extinguish your all your fires. Yeah. There are so many times, like we'll drive around on a Sunday, you know, we're coming to or fro or whatever, mm-hmm. and you just drive by camps. These are primarily dispersed camp spots. But, like, have a shovel in the car, and we'll have to pull in and go pour water, yeah. stir the fire, wait yeah. for it, because people will leave it they going. It. And yeah. so that's just a— Because it gets hot down in the—like, if there's, like, sand or soil yeah. or whatever that gets dried out, The fire can be burning, hot. like, six, eight inches down yep. below. Yep, yep. So. I have always been amazed at how deep the heat goes in fires. Yeah. Right. So that becomes, you know, a huge thing. And it just takes a little bit of planning and preparation. So respect wildlife is principle number six. So this is, this is we're respecting wildlife for the benefit of the wildlife, but also for the safety of individuals. Yeah. Right? We don't want to habituate them to feedings yeah. because then you get more likely that they're dependent upon people. So we try and, you know, you don't try and get the selfie with the bear that's on the edge <laughs> of camp, right? Like you have a healthy respect for that. You don't disturb wildlife. Mm-hmm plants uh to get a better look you know from a distance is pretty good so you want to do that that also brings in the the off leash sort of thing if you have an animal that's uh tends to run to and fro you probably want to make sure that we're not disturbing that because it has everything to do with snakes mice all that sort of stuff sure part of the ecosystem um Feeding, we definitely don't want to feed anim- animals. <laughs> I and might birds be guilty of this pets. one. <laughs> Everybody has been, and they've done it. And I it's love cute, the Especially when you got like chipmunks <laughs> running around, or marmot, or you have, you know, the camp robbers that yeah. come in. Fly camp in, robber birds, oh. and they're like, you know, I put some Cheetos in my hand, yeah. and I get that picture for the gram. Yeah, it's so cool to see those things come into your hand. But it is true that they have they have become dependent on people coming in and feeding them. Yeah. And then they become a nuisance. And then right. it's, it can be like, you know, you, you maybe have so you have to lock your food down anytime you go over to yeah. to go fishing because if you don't, the chipmunks know there's food there. Yeah. I'm going to go dig through all They'll this stuff. Chewed on, yeah. Or so, raccoons and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So, always... you know, hang it when you can, keep it away, leave it in plastic bins or tubs depending upon what type of activity you're doing. Yeah. So totally. we give them a wide berth, it's just going to be a better experience for us or them. You hopefully don't ever get to the point of, like, uh, an aggressive encounter. But, like, when that happens, then right. wildlife comes out, fish and wildlife comes out and has to take care of that animal. Right. No, right. We don't want that. We appreciate the that's, opportunities when we see the wildlife. Yeah. We don't want – that's a vital part of the experience. Like, that's not the kind of wildlife management you want to see. Because I, I am uh, – I don't really hunt anymore, but I yeah. I am a fan of hunting. I think it's great. But it's like that's already been determined. This is the number of animals that we can sustainably harvest and then continue, you know, managing the population. Uh, and that's great because, you know, the hope is that these animals are going to be used for meat and for whatever else that they have, like maybe their, their coat or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> but 
yeah, out of season and just because uh, a bear or some whatever animal, right, uh, gets to come accustomed to eating people's garbage, really. Yeah. That's sad. It's sad on a lot of levels because they're not being the wild animal that they were created to be. And then their life is potentially ended because of us. Yeah, because you know? we go into their area, yeah. leave something in a manner that they can get into. Yeah. And then, well, it's their fault. Yeah. Gotta take them out. Yeah. And there's no, like, I, I mean, yeah, again, I'm not making an argument for or against hunting in this conversation, but, but it's just, to me, it seems kind of needless to, in that scenario, have to eliminate an animal. That's yeah. Nice. So also with the wildlife, it talks about, you know, washing and human waste disposal is, mm-hmm. is tied in there so that it doesn't get, you know, we're not putting soaps into a water source that will affect fish, fish. in a small stream, right? Yeah. Or Well, and waters, they're super sensitive to all of the stuff we put in our detergents. And yeah. And it's not really, you know, a one-time sort of a thing is going to have right. a massive consequence. It's this cumulative when everyone's doing it this way. Right. If we're all taking care a little bit better. Well, and not only is it, the fish might even say, let's say it's fish for water. Mm-hmm. They, maybe they could survive through this, but the bugs that they eat can't. Yeah. Right? Or the, or the um, algae that the bugs eat mm-hmm. can't. And so it's like this trickle effect you just see happen where eventually it's like, man, this place used to have tons of fish in it. And you realize, well, this is because people just have had this huge impact. Are we talking about our oceans at large? <laughs> Are we talking about small streams and lakes? All of it, I mean, really. it could be all of it, really. Right? Yeah. So, well, yeah, you've seen like... really small pieces of plastic <clears throat> that we can't even see that get into like at the food source and the... I think they call them microplastics. Okay. That's I mean, what I... That's a good name. Um, <laughs> yeah, small. <laughs> and like some of the beads that used to be in like shampoos yeah. and lotions and body washes and stuff. Oh, right. That just don't de- biodegrade. Yeah. And then they end up in the water. And, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and you the see like the... shrimp eats the, it and then the fish eats it and then the... Yeah, you'll see coral die, right? Like coral, I don't know what they're called, coral gardens or coral whatever, Mm -hmm. colonies. They they die, and then, like, you can even see, like, uh, I've watched shows on the Great Barrier Reef, and where it's showing, it's actually super uh, kind of alarming to see uh, how much the coral is dying and how much it actually gives back to the ocean when it's alive. And so you're going, these are habitat for all these animals, and then when they aren't alive, they can't all these other creatures can't live mm. in the coral that yeah. host all these fish and create all this life. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And then you, you start seeing things on sunscreen that are like coral safe, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't have the, the chemicals in them that are going to have those impacts. So just mm-hmm. looking at like two products, what am I going to buy or use? Probably the one that's safer for right. that. Bug spray could be the same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's the wildlife. This is going to be... I think you're going to push back pretty hard on this one. What's that? Principle number seven. Oh. Be considerate of others. <laughs> what do you got? Tell me your reasons. Oh, my gosh. But, like, <laughs> be considerate of others. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, isn't that just sort of a no-brainer all the time? It. it I mean, yes. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. You, you but do. like, I don't know if some people don't learn some things like that. They're mm-hmm. just not aware, or they just are more of like a effort attitude. I, I have a hard time with people. I'm I'm probably uh, the way I've experienced this the most is when someone else is uh, impacting my experience, and I kind of have enough, and I'll say something, mm. you know, and then they're all 
hey, what do you yeah. mean? You know, and I can and, do whatever I want out here. Yeah. There's no rule against this. And you know, I'm I'm sarcastic, and so I'll make some joke, and it just doesn't usually help the situation, yeah. but it makes me feel pretty good. But it's not it's not the best way to go. Yeah. So this could be anything from. You know, a dog off a leash that goes up and scares a kid, you know, doesn't sure. like dogs, right? Sure. That might not be a, a good idea. Or like you're hiking down the trail. Who doesn't like a little music, right? So you have a Bluetooth speaker mm-hmm. on your backpack mm-hmm. blaring some jams <laughs> because you like music yeah. when you're outdoors. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Maybe you shouldn't, maybe like your bubble should be your bubble. Right. Kind of like your campground, there's that sort of keep it in the campground. Right. Whatever your noise or your impact or your lighting or whatever shouldn't go beyond your campground. Or I mean, I think sometimes too, depending on the situation. Okay, is, here we go. We're pushing back. Yep. A little pushing bit. back. You, you at least get to know your camp neighbors. Okay. And you kind of feel out, like, hey, like what kind of folks are these, right? Yeah. And you're like, hey, listen, um, later tonight, got some more buddies coming in and we're kind of, we're hoping to have, you know, a party a bit. And we, you know, usually, you know, we might get a little loud. Right. And you kind of feel out the situation. Like some people are like, dude, totally cool. No problem. And you might say, Hey, come on over and have a hot dog with us drink a beer with us, whatever. A weenie. A weenie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, and you, you might even invite them if they're that cool. Otherwise you just kind of say, is this going to be, is this going to bother you or whatever? But I mean, at least asking, I think is, is one of those things where sometimes people have said that to me, uh, where I've been out or we have, as I've had, you know, camps with more people in it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get the vibe where it's like, Oh no, this is not the place. Yeah. And so you're like, Hey, we gotta, you know, make sure that it's not like the music is not loud. Right. Cause I have friends that have, that love the loud music in camp. I don't actually like much music at camp. I, sometimes I'll listen to music, but not I all like the time. music in camp at a reasonable level mm-hmm. because it drowns out the noise of others that are not keeping sounds within their campground. That's the, my primary reason for listening to music because if my campground is dead silent, all mm-hmm. I hear is the noise from other campgrounds. If it's dead silent, uh-huh. I'm good with no noise. Huh. But when. I'm hearing people screaming, yelling, doing whatever. Yeah. I don't really like that. So I play music yeah. for kind of a buffer. Interesting. But I hear what you're saying. That's different than like a music it, because it, we're having a late night dance campfire party. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, you're saying there's guys climbing trees and being crazy. I'm not saying that. But like, you know, it's like you got music going and then you have four, five, six people around and the music is going and it makes conversation louder. And so and pretty then soon it gets you're like, a little later yeah. and later, you get a couple of beers, yeah. maybe it gets a little louder. Yeah. Yeah. Usually volume doesn't go down yeah. as folks drink a beer or more too, right? And so it's like or beer or two more. Uh and so um typically it's it's like you gotta have somebody that is um better at saying, Hey guys, um let's Control. Let's stop the volume here. Yeah, you know, it's almost like your your mom, your camp mom. <laughs> I I tend to play camp grandpa. So camp grandpa, that works. Yeah. So you kids keep it down. I usually don't. I mean, unless it's really obnoxious camp neighbors like making noise, like yelling at their kids, or what the thing the thing that gets me is dogs barking. Mm, that yeah. gets under my yeah. skin, and which is a lot of. I don't take my dog place most places. Yeah. He has a wonderful life here. Yeah. And um, 
and it's for for my sanity, for other people's sanity, for the quality of the experience for me. Yeah. I usually leave him at home. Yeah. You know, or if I'm going to take him out, it's just him and it's a shorter period of time. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't know. For me, it's like I don't need my companion with me all the time. And I think all of us are going to have the individual things that sort of like yeah, uh, give us grievance. Like you know? Trigger us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think the core principle really yeah. is the same, is that whatever we are doing, whatever noise we are making, whatever yeah. sound, whatever. I mean, there was another one that even talked about really considering like, Considering the the colors of your tent, right, for like a natural wow. color that blends in with an environment, wow. as opposed to like a bright orange or a bright blue that creates an unnatural sort of thing. Like imagine you're out kayaking on a lake, yeah. and all you look over and all you can see is, you know, a, what looks like a bunch of colorful tents. Like that, it it affects the experience of others because it creates a non-natural. I would push back on sort that of one. thing. Well, hundred percent. <laughs> but I mean, the principle remains the same. Yeah. Well, and that's the why choices we're making. Yeah. can either um, affect or minimize the effect of the experience for others. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and th- and that's where I, I feel like, you, like you're saying, this is a philosophy, uh, not the law. Yeah, right? and some people are going to take it to extremes, <clears throat> right. and some people are not going fi- to follow any of it. Yeah. But I think just to get us and people thinking about different sorts of ways that mm-hmm. the way we engage does have impacts and consequences for others. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, I think that whether it's your dog barking mm-hmm. or your music playing or your yelling or conversation around the campfire, mm-hmm. you know, like noise and sound and keep it within the campfire hmm. or campground, campsite, hmm. right? I, yeah. I just think it's the personal bubble. Yeah. I'm overly sensitive to it. Yeah. I'm well aware. Well, and I think, too, like that's why you usually avoid bigger campgrounds with like lots of loops. Yeah. You know? Because I would have no fun. Yeah, it just wouldn't be fun, which is great. I mean, that's fine. And yeah. so it's fine for people that, you know, want, they don't mind kind of that city in the woods experience that doesn't bother them. I right? did watch a show the other day <laughs> called like, I don't know what it's called, RV to go or Dream RV or whatever. It's like, it's like a home show. Yeah. Where people go look at three homes. Mm-hmm. These people oh, will yeah. go look at like three RVs. Yeah. Have you ever seen yeah. something like yeah. this? Yeah. Those things are crazy. It's nuts. It's like I'm taking my home I know. and I'm going to park it here on this <laughs> pad yeah. and there's some trees. Yeah, dude. Yeah. But it's like, well, we got the TV in the kitchen, yeah. in the galley. We got the, oh, this is great. TV's yeah. right in the kids' bunks. This is so good. I'm like, <laughs> what? You need TV that bad? Well, I think I always think of those shows as like people who live in their RVs full time. And then I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I can see that. Cause, yeah. Or if you're like touring, traveling, you know, like like artists, musicians, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. That totally. Creature comforts. I love it. But a lot of these are just people, I think, <laughs> taking them to go camping. If you can't be without it for a weekend, like, man, you got some issues. Yeah. People are like in the shower and they're like, ah, this shower's a little tight. I can't stretch out. And uh, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah. what? Well, those shows, though, are ridiculous. I don't know. Whatever. So. I have a hard time watching those. But anyway, so just, you know, don't be a jerk, I think is all. Is that the principle? That's what, that's, it, a, that's what it wraps up. It said we could have saved you a lot of time wow. if you would have just not been a jerk. Took us an hour to say. An hour? Don't be a jerk. I mean, I think it, it yeah, don't be a jerk. Do one to others. Mm. You know, yeah. that's another one. Yeah. So let's leave no trace. I, I Deal. Deal. That sounds awesome. Okay. One one other thing we kind of touched on was the 
what do you do, you know, when you go camping with some people that might have a different perspective on this? <laughs> what 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 might you do? How might you handle that? Oh, uh, that's a tough one. Well, I mean, I I usually talk to my people. Well, okay, I'm not going to be camping usually with people that I don't feel comfortable saying, "Hey man, like let's not do that." You know, or or ask it in a way where it's like, "Do you think we could you know, I'm trying to think of a good example. I have talked about music before with people on oh, camp. Okay. Where I'm like, hey, is it cool if we turn it down a bit? Because you just want to appreciate the silence and the nature sound and hear the birds. Yeah. Or I'll say, um, hey, can we have, after whatever this amount of time, can we have an hour or two without music? Yeah. And sometimes I've gotten responses like with dead stares like, huh? Why do you hate music? Yeah. And I'm like, don't hate music. I just want to hear the forest. Yeah. And it's like, okay. <laughs> or or sometimes it's like, hey, cool, no problem, I get mm-hmm. it. Um, but I would say, if yeah, if you're having a bad experience in camp, it's, for me, it's not going to sit unsaid for very long. Mm. And I'll, if I can't, if I feel, um, if I have a hard time talking to that person, it'll probably come out through sarcasm, <laughs> which is probably not the best. Same. And when all of those fail to achieve any sort of desired results, I just stop going there with those friends. Yeah. 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 I just, missed the invite on that. Oh, yeah. nope. what? No, nope. we don't. We just don't do this anymore. Yeah. That but it's tough when canceled. I have a, I have, I have a specific group of friends where a couple of them are pretty good and I really like, you know, a chance. These are yeah. friends from 25 years ago, yeah. right? So like an opportunity, they have kids, we don't ever see each other. Mm-hmm. This is a thing that I can do. It works for the way I like to recreate. Yeah. Plan a spot, go, come on out. Well, a couple of them, you know, are just like the effort. I'm going to stand up out of my chair and walk three feet and pee right here kind of guys. Oh and so like you're going to walk on it. It, get, it gets old. And yeah. so I just stopped planning the trips. Yeah. But I think I'll just start doing maybe more with some of the other ones. Yeah. I mean, that's ultimately, yeah, that is how you. You can't pick your family, but you can pick your friends. Is that, you can't pick. You can pick your nose. You can, can pick, pick your, your nose, seat. But you can't pick. I don't know. Pick your chair you or your pick, seat. In your seat, <laughs> which could be your chair, too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, well, that's it. Leave No Trace. Uh, we'll put up a link to Leave No Trace Center for Outdoor Ethics in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Been a fun one. We want to thank producer Chad. Thanks, buddy. He's over. He's sweeping. He's, hey. He's sweeping by his chair. Okay, he's trying not sense, to leave I a guess. trace. Yeah, sweep. That's another good one. At the end of sweep. your time before you leave, like yeah. I usually will... Start the car up, warm it up, get it going, make sure I got everything buttoned down. Yeah. And then I'll pull a sweep. Yeah. I'll just walk around, look for any trash that's mine or may not have been mine. I've also found some really good stuff that way that I potentially would have left, like a lantern right. hanging from a tree or an axe or something. Don't do so it. So that's always good. You sweep the camp. Not sweep the knee. Sweep the camp. <laughs> sweep the leg. It's sweep a, the leg. The line okay. you're looking I, for. I blew it. <laughs> um, follow us on social medias, all the places, Instagram, yep. Facebook. Give us a call, 503-427-8743. We love you guys, and most importantly, get outside. Have some fun. Mm-hmm.